Good evening and welcome back to the Tuesday Night Live podcast. We are back after our winter break and we are ready to preview the F1 2019 season here live on YouTube and we are also available uh, on other uh, podcasting services like Spotify and whatever other podcast sites are out there. Honestly, don't know. Uh, I would say I don't care, but it is quite cool that we are out there. Hopefully we are live this time, because I was rambling on for 10 minutes before um, before <laughs> before good old uh, Toby told us uh, that we weren't live. But um, yeah, I don't know what happened there. I did the exact same thing uh, as I always do, and uh, yeah, I, I just assume... Um, I just assume that uh, because we haven't done it for a while, I must have messed something up. But blame Toby because he actually scheduled the stream. So uh, anyway, <laughs> it's nice to be back after, I don't know, three months uh, that we've done. I think the last one we did was the, the European Super League discussion. Um was it October? Because um, yeah. we did our F1 season review quite early because obviously Hamilton wrapped up the championship. But uh, tonight we're, we're going to be talking about F1 2019 and, and sort of um, the, the teams, the drivers, uh, even regulation changes. And we'll give our full predictions as well. We've got Excel spreadsheets this time of, uh, <laughs> of our predictions. So we can actually go back and reference them rather than send Toby to do it in the middle of a stream, um, which will be fun. And uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy that on this wonderful evening of Brexit confusion and, and all of that. Um, but uh, good evening to Toby. How has your winter been? And uh, are you excited for the F1 2019 season to start? I think it's fair to say that this season is the most anticipated for a long while. The most I can remember for years. I think even the 2014 season when the turbos first came in the v6s the, the anticipation for that is nowhere near the anticipation for this season there's so many driver changes there's a little bit of regulation change but the most important thing is that there are a lot of driver changes there are a lot of big boys a lot of big guns that it's a massive season for them and equally that's the same down the grid mm -hmm. and i think we're in for a brilliant campaign as long as hamilton doesn't win the championship <laughs> Yeah, um, obviously, uh, yeah, you know, your opinion's coming through there. Just to address something in the chat, I, I haven't moved house. It's, we've just got rid of the green screen for the podcast. I think, uh, you know, I did a channel update without the, the green screen recently, and I just thought it's a bit more personal when, you know, we've got the green screen down. It, it's a bit more laid back, so uh, that that's the decision there. But, uh, yeah, we might as well get straight into it. Uh, we are going to go team by team, and, and obviously the most... Um, sensible place to start, I think, is is at the top with Mercedes, who uh, have won five back-to-back -back drivers and constructors championship. They they equaled the record with uh, Ferrari, uh, who did it from two thousand to two thousand and four, and they're going for uh, the double six this year, which you know it would be an incredible achievement. And if anybody can do it, Mercedes can do it. Discuss. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. I think that I think they can or not, but I don't think they will. I think they can, but I don't think they will. Mm. I think that I think if we look at testing for a very short minute, we're not going to look at much testing because haven't we both agreed that even though I managed to watch pretty much the whole week of the first testing, there's not really much to read into it. The, the testing is so much affected by fuel, by tyres, etc., etc. I think it's fair to say Mercedes sandbagged quite a bit in mm -hmm. that testing. And they didn't show their true potential. However, I think 
a driver that's going to let them down, we'll go into this in so much more detail, but just an opening comment, I think there's a real potential that Bottas could let them down massively. And I think this season we've... And again, not too much detail. Ferrari have changed their lineup. Leclerc's in instead of Kimi. Gasly's in instead of Ricardo at Verstappen. There is more competition at the other two teams. And I think that if Bottas lets the side down, it won't be six in a row for Mercedes, even though Hamilton might win the championship. And in fact... Bottas might finish sixth, which just seems bonkers, doesn't it? Even though Hamilton might win the championship. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, obviously, last season, had Vettel and, and Raikkonen pushed Mercedes a little bit more, then it might have actually cost them the constructors last year. If, um, Bottas's performances, unfortunately. Um, but uh, does Joe have any F1 merch? I do, but uh, I don't have it on. Couldn't be bothered. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the the team obviously as you say in testing it 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 doesn't look like a, a world beater at the moment um they i think they've stayed fairly stable over the winter in terms of staff changes and obviously the drivers have stayed the same uh one of the few teams to to keep the same driver lineup might even be the only team i can't think of another one has, uh has, has haven't yeah uh has you know uh and you know race and point have had the same drivers since whenever stroll took over uh, at least in our minds anyway um but uh you know i think mercedes uh, have have shown the last few years that they're very good at developing a car um and i think that's what ferrari have to prove this year but we'll talk about ferrari later so you know you you think um bottas is going to underperform again this year and uh, obviously I, would, I, would say I think so I more fear it than think it. I, okay. Obviously, I'm a Bottas fan. I'm a bit of a Bottas mm-hmm. fan. We took the mick I had to him last year, but I think it's impossible not to take the mick the way he was driving. And I do fear that he's not going to do very well. I, I mean, I have been watching the Netflix documentary, the F1 documentary, which for any of you out there is a brilliant one to watch if you've got Netflix. I completely recommend that. But that shows the really good starts to the season that Bottas had. You know, he, he could have won in Baku. If it wasn't for that puncture, he definitely had a race win there. Mm-hmm. You look at China. It was Russia as well, wasn't it? Car didn't come out at the, uh, at the wrong time. And in uh, in Austria, he, he retired from the front. And in Russia, he could have won as well. So equally, yeah. he could have won four races that year. And didn't win. Yeah. I, mean, I, know that's not an, I know that's not an excuse. Because some weekends, he was rubbish. But I think if he if he's on his A game this year, he can, he can be in the mix. But... Mm-hmm. I fear, as I said, I don't think, but I fear that he won't do very well. And I think with Hamilton alongside him, he could very easily be thrashed. And Mercedes won't take that for another year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I, I think it it was fairly surprising that Mercedes actually kept him on. And I th- but I think quite tellingly that they're, they're only giving him one year contracts. Um, you know, they're splashing the cash with Hamilton giving him three year contracts and whatever bonuses he wants basically. And uh, obviously, Bottas has, has only been getting one-year contract. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that story develops through the year. I think Hamilton will be on his game again. But equally, if things aren't going his way, could this be his last year in F1? You know, you have to ask those sorts of questions. But um, I don't know whether we want to do our predictions for Mercedes right now or should we leave it a little bit later? Uh, I, think, I think it's a bit more to be discussed about yeah, Mercedes. Yeah, I think. Okay. That, I think that, Hamilton's def- I don't think there's any dispute between the two of us that Hamilton's going to beat Bottas. Yeah. Overall, so 
Yeah. Therefore, we feel that Bottas won't win the championship. But how, how how highly do you feel? I know that we've got different opinions. We can't. I don't want to disclose that at the moment in terms of what we've gone for in our rankings. But in as a percentage, how likely do you think the case is that Lewis will win the championship? It's difficult. Uh, you know, it really depends how good this Mercedes car is. I think if it's within. You know, range of Ferrari, then I think Hamilton will win the championship just by virtue of of his consistency over the last few years. I think he's um, he's very used to winning over the last five years, and uh, you know he could have quite easily won all five of those championships. Um, you know, and I think Vettel, as as much as he won a hell of a lot in his four years uh, from twenty ten to thirteen. I'm not sure he's really tasted much of the victory, uh, you know, recently. Certainly not unexpected victory. Do you? And I, I know Lewis is is expected to win every race, but I think he he just sometimes when you you like Singapore, for example, when you expect him to be rubbish, he he comes out with a with a really good performance and ends up winning it by however lot. Uh, much he won it by 30 seconds or something I think um, whereas I don't think Vettel has, has had a surprising victory per se in the last few years and um, I, I don't know my, my opinion is Vettel is Ferrari's best chance of winning the championship at this present time I know you, you might have a different opinion but um, yeah I, th- I think I think Hamilton has a good chance of winning this year but it all depends how quick that Mercedes is at the end of the day yeah, I think that's a fair comment. I, I think that Mercedes, we've known in the last few years that they are the best developers throughout a season, although Red Bull have got a brilliant chassis they have done in the last few years. And if the Honda engine does perform, it's interesting to see how they can do that. But I think Mercedes are definitely the, the top dogs going into the season. They are, they are the, the favourites, sorry. They are the favourites going into this season. But it's how well they can pull that off because... I feel compared to seasons gone by, they aren't the favourites so much. That could suit them more than it doesn't, actually, because if they are less fancied, they might do better. But unless we, until we get to Spain or Monaco, I don't truly think that... I, I don't truly know, and none of us will truly know, the pace of that Mercedes, because we always know that, that Ferrari start the season well and other teams will start the season well. So we don't know about that, but I think... Realistically, in the long haul, Hamilton's got a pretty big chance of the title again. I think we both have the same opinion there. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. all depends on other teams. It all depends on Mercedes, and they've developed well again, I think. But, yeah, I, th- I think that's really, for the moment, all about Mercedes. I think it's, in summary, it's a huge year for Bottas. I think that if he doesn't perform at the start, he could be out by mid-season. I'll ask you in a minute who you think might replace him if that happens. I know who will replace him. And... It's also a little bit of pressure for Hamilton as well. There's kind of that expectation there that he can get up to Schumacher's five, uh, seven titles mm-hmm. because he's won the five. It's not it's not out of his reach anymore. Mm-hmm. If he wins another one, it's it's only one away. And there's that little bit of pressure on Lewis, but I'm sure he'll thrive under that. But who it's knows? All, it's, it's, sort of all, it's sort of also puts him in be, between Fangio. It gives him his own record, do you know what I mean? Like six world titles. It yeah. puts him on his own, Yeah, you know. Um 
Wes at the moment, he's obviously with Fangio and Vettel's within one of them, but if he goes within two of Vettel, then I, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you can't mention Vettel and Hamilton in the same breaths, really, but, um, anyway, uh, I think that's, that's Mercedes done for now, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about them later, um, sort of when we talk about the whole F1 season, but we'll move on uh, to their closest competitors over the last few years, and, you know, I'm absolutely sick of hearing how they should have won the championship last year, Uh, but they haven't won the constructors since 2008, and obviously haven't won the drivers since 2007, and that is uh, Ferrari, you know, arguably the biggest name in the sport, and, um, yeah, a big change there this season with uh, Leclerc taking over your favourite driver, uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Um, Don't know how you figured that one out. <laughs> uh, and he's he's joined Sebastian Vettel at the team this season. So, what are your thoughts about Ferrari? Obviously, very highly tipped to be the fastest car this year, which you know, in it, nothing in testing suggested otherwise. Uh, but as we've said before, testing is very very risky to analyse uh, with that sort of thing, but uh, what are your thoughts about Ferrari's chances this year? Well, just answer me one question first. What's the common theme about Ferrari in the last sort of six or seven years? I mean, even in just last year. What What's the common theme? What's that one word that sums up Ferrari? That, that They had such a good car last year, yet they didn't do anything with it. A bottle job? I don't, I don't know. You know, that Pretty sort much. of thing. Disappointment was more I was going Yeah, for. disappointment, I and guess. I think, yeah. And I think that's the sign this year. I honestly do. I, I don't think that Ferrari will be as good as the, the field will. I think this is, as well as it is for Valtteri Bottas, it is the biggest year of Sebastian Vettel's career. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come out with the biggest statement of the night so far. If Leclerc beats him, driver to driver, unless something crazy happens, for example, Vettel races a race or... Vettel has so many mechanical failures out of his control. If Leclerc beats him on several occasions, driver to driver, fair equipment, it will be Vettel's last season in Formula 1. Make of that what you will. (laughs) So it is a massive year for Sebastian Vettel, although it's a big opportunity for Vettel as well. Yeah, He's had... I don't like talking about Kimi in this way, but I am going to. He's had what a lot of people think is a relatively easy opponent in the last few years in Kimi, and... Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, Leclerc's in now, and Leclerc is this up-and-coming driver who performed really well in the Sabre last year. Personally, I don't think he's as good as people make him out to do, but that will be proven this year in a top, top car. And it's a huge year for Vettel. It's, 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 it's a complete opposite of a win-win. It's just He just doesn't win in any situation unless he wins the championship. If he beats Leclerc man-to-man, people will say, well, he's expected to. He's a four-time world champion. But, of course, if he loses to Leclerc, there's that, ooh, dear. It's kind of like the Hamilton and Alonso thing when Hamilton and Alonso were at McLaren together in 07. Hamilton went and beat Alonso, and the reigning world champion was beaten by this youngster. I know it's not exactly the same That's... situation, but it's quite comparable. It's the same as Ricardo and Vettel in 2014. Yeah. You know, Ric- and ever since then, ever since that year with Ricardo, he's only had Kimi as a teammate. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see how that dynamic works. Probably there'll be any tension between the two. I can't really see it. I think that Vettel will still be number one from Ferrari. Mm-hmm. But the question is, is there any chance of either driver winning the title? And is there any chance of Leclerc winning the title, in your opinion? I think there is. There's always a chance. Um, 
you know, it, it depends. Again, it depends how close they are to Mercedes. You know, if we if we turn the uh, turn it the other way and say Mercedes are faster, and, and you know how close are Ferrari to that that Mercedes, and um, you know if the if those two are uh, on a level playing field, then Leclerc does have a chance. Of course, he does. Um, I think momentum is going to play a big part this season, especially if it's really close. Um, it's it's going to be mightily important who comes out of the blocks quick out of Vettel and Leclerc. If Leclerc is lagging behind the first five races, you can count him out of the championship because Ferrari are going to throw everything behind Vettel. Um, but if if Leclerc goes and wins on Sunday, then it, it's a totally different situation because people are just going to go mad about it, like they did about Verstappen when he won in Spain. Um, you know when he when he came in, he beat Daniel Ricciardo. You really don't like Verstappen, do you? I, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you know people people were going from sort of saying oh very harsh on Kvyat. You know Kvyat yeah, should yeah, have still yeah. been in that seat. Why is Verstappen there? Which you know there's some parallels there with Kimi and, and Leclerc, um, and then. Bam! Verstappen goes and wins Spain, and people are like, "Oh, he's fantastic! He's gonna, he's gonna win 900 world titles, and you know all of that, this and that." But anyway, we'll talk about him in, in a minute. Um, you know, but uh, Ferrari have obviously had a lot of changes over uh, the winter with their management, which they've done before. It's nothing new. Uh, you know, pretty much since uh, Stefano Domenicali went uh, back in. 2014, I want to say something like that. Um, they, they've they've had a new team principal pretty much every year, uh, and that's obviously not working for them. Um, you know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens this season. Uh, as you say, I think it's a massive year for Vettel because if he gets beaten by an up and coming teammate again, it it really does question um, his long term abilities in in F1 and. You know, unless he is an undoubted number one in in the, you know, a car that's half a second quicker than the field, he can't win a championship. You know, is basically what it's coming down to. You know, but as I said before, I'm really sick of people saying about last season, saying Ferrari threw it away, all the mistakes from Vettel threw it away, and you know, at the end of the day, Lewis Hamilton that championship. Lewis Hamilton drove well. I mean, I'm not one to praise Lewis usually, but. Although the incident that seemed to have changed the championship was Vettel at Hockenheim, I think that was proven that weekend, was that even though Hamilton had a terrible qualifying, he pushed through the field, and from then there was no stopping him. Of course, it was a bit of momentum for Lewis, but Ferrari didn't bottle it. Lewis won that, hands down. And it's usual Ferrari. Mercedes developed better through the season, and... Yeah, I think Hamilton just thrives on that occasion. Yeah. And fair play to him. So yeah, I, I I I'm a bit a little bit sick of that as well. It's a little bit like the argument that Hamilton, and I know this is going to sound a bit contradictory. This is that like the argument that well Hamilton only lost the championship because his uh, because his car blew up in Malaysia. Yeah, like he had plenty. I know that he won the next few races, but he had plenty of opportunities over the season. If if he was mm-hmm. so good compared to Rosberg, mm-hmm. then he would have gained those twenty five yeah. points elsewhere. There was a it's few. Opinion, the, it's, it's a view. There was a few races that season that Hamilton was just nowhere, and yeah. I remember it well. Like sort of, you would just have weekends where Hamilton was, you know, half a second off the pace of Rosberg, and just, 
you know. But well, that, that's a, that's a previous season. There's no point talking about that now. Um, so Ferrari, you know, final thoughts of them. I think it's a massive year, not just for Vettel, but for Ferrari as well. If they mess it up again, you know, say they have the fastest car in inverted commas, they make a lot of uh, mistakes this year, and Hamilton wins the championship. You know, massive questions have to be asked about them, and yeah, you know, um, especially if Leclerc doesn't live up to expectations, and and he's a failure. But you know, that that's that's a discussion for down the line. So uh, we'll talk it's about we'll, we'll talk about where we predict uh, th- those drivers to be, and and uh, obviously where the team uh, are going to be later in the podcast. But do you have any final thoughts about Ferrari before we move on? Someone in the chat needs to get a bold prediction count ready because this is going to be our second bold prediction of the night. Leclerc will beat Vettel in the championship. On to Red Bull. <laughs> okay. So, Red Bull. Um, <laughs> we're going to have plenty more of them tonight, so you know, <laughs> get ready for it. Um, Red Bull, obviously, four-time world champions from 2010 to 13. Uh, they've moved from the, the Renault engine that they had for for 12 years and and they've moved on to the uh the honda powered engine which mclaren had a lot of trouble with or blamed a lot on we like to say um and there's a lot of positivity surrounding uh, red bull at the moment and uh they've got a really young driver lineup obviously pierre gasly's coming this year and uh, verstappen is you know in many people's opinion the best driver in the in the championship so yeah red bull how are they going to do this season? Do you think the move to, to Honda is going to be a, a fruitful one for them? I think the move to Honda is incredibly positive. I think that their relationship with Renault, their relationship with Cyril Abitbull, the head of Renault, the team principal, had turned massively sour and there was no way that they were going to recover that ultimately. It was, it was a relationship that was never going to be recovered and moving away was the only thing they could have done, as is the relationship between Ricardo and Red Bull, hence why he's gone to Renault. Mm-hmm. but more on Ricardo later I think that Red Bull will benefit because they will almost be the equivalent as a factory team we've got Renault, we've got Mercedes we've got Ferrari but Red Bull become the in effect factory team de facto factory team for mm-hmm. Honda because although you've got Toro Rosso which a good tactical move there actually because and I think this was all planned before that there was a lot of hype that well the relationship sounded rubbish they, they, they kind of in their heart of hearts, decide to go to Honda the end of 2017, in my opinion. Just depending on how well the Toro, uh, the Toro Rosso did under the Honda. Mm-hmm. First, just a point about Honda. The the progress of McLaren shows that that them blaming Honda did nothing. That mm-hmm. It wasn't Honda's fault. And that's a real shame. But luckily, I think with Red Bull, that Honda have got a real chance to, uh, not replicate, but to make sure that their reputation is enhanced and that they can get back to the top in terms of their reputation, the sort of reputation they had with the Marlborough cars, or not the Marlborough cars, the, uh, was it was it Marlborough with McLaren? Back in the early 90s with Senna? It was, wasn't it? I can't remember. I, I feel like a right idiot now. But nonetheless... Before my I'm time. Not, I'm not, no, it's before my time as well. I'm not as old as you think. Uh, <laughs> let me just check this. is written. Yes, it was Marlborough. Thank God, right. I don't feel like a complete idiot now, but... I've gone completely off topic. Right, Red Bull. The move to Honda's good. I think I've specified why the move is good. And it's one that throws up a lot of intrigue with me because the Honda's not a slow engine. 
the Honda at some races had the quickest speed trap of the lot. Mm-hmm. Now, that ever suggests one of two things. Toro Rosso have no downforce or that the engine is fast. Mm-hmm. And that is something that Red Bull have not had over the years. Now, if it's the first option, if there's no downforce, that's a worry. Mm-hmm. That might be a Toro Rosso problem rather than a Red Bull problem. Or it suggests that that's fast and that complements the fact that that car is quick in the corners. I think, honestly, there is a real outside shout. If you were talking about horses, it's certainly worth an each-way bet that Red Bull will win the constructors this year. I feel really positively about Red Bull. Yeah. The bold prediction of last year of mine, which I don't particularly like to go into because I was made a bit of a mug, is that McLaren were going to finish second in the constructors. Well... Actually, no, we're not going to do poll predictions free just yet. It's a little bit early. Not, not, not yet, yeah. Not yet. Well, we'll, we'll, of... We need to keep some people in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but your original question, the move to Honda's a really good one, and mm-hmm. I think that both drivers will thrive as a result. I think the, the yeah. team atmosphere, I think that the team is in a general consensus will move forward, as will the whole Red Bull and Toro Rosso mm-hmm. family. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think... I, th- I think you touched on it before about them becoming now a factory team. The last time they were a factory team was, was 2014 when they were the factory Renault team and they actually finished second in the championship that year despite, uh, you know, uh, I think they finished second in the championship. Um, I'm pretty sure Ferrari were terrible that year, but I, mm. I might I might be wrong. Um, and obviously the year before 2014 was their dominant reign um, in F1. So... Um. Yeah, I think it's a positive move. I think it's probably a bit too early to to suggest that they're going to be leading the way. Um, yeah, I think they they had a little bit of a troublesome testing period, just sort of with reliability slash drivers crashing. Um, which you know in testing is a big no no, isn't it? Because they only get eight testing days a year, and and to to lose one of them for a of two crashes just stupidity but um pierre gasly's obviously took the step up he, he had a, a, a decent season last year it's fair to say at uh, at uh, toro rosso um stepping up to that team and, and obviously had brendan hartley as a as a teammate and i know you rate brendan highly um you know but this year it's a massive test for him coming up against max verstappen who you know has arguably been the 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 most talked about driver over the last few years, you know, rightly or wrongly, um, you know, some of his some of his driving has, has got us to say how great he is, and some of it has said otherwise. But um, it's a massive test for Pierre Gasly, and and do you think he could be another victim of the the caveat sort of uh, period of Red Bull? Possibly. Just a quick break for those on the YouTube side. I have to say. I'm watching this discussion you have in the comments with with uh, with close with close eyes. I think that what you're discussing is really interesting about the top six divide. And that's something I think we will discuss one of the weeks. No, but, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. But some questions about what we're talking about would be marvellous as well. <laughs> but the Gasly, Gasly and Kvyat, hmm. not so much so because if Gasly doesn't perform, who will they bring him to yeah. replace? Uh-huh. There's not that Verstappen factor. And I'm not saying that... They can't crawl back to signs now, can they? So No. Well, and yeah. they're not going to put Albon in there. What about Jev? Oh, yeah, of course. What about Jev? Buemi. It's like, it's like saying what about flipping <laughs> Felipe Nazar. It's irrelevant. <laughs> that 
that's about the best example I could think of at the time. Fair enough to me. But... Oh dear. But throwback uh, uh, Tuesday with the light pain as a blimey. But um, sorry, back onto the point. It is a massive test for Gasly. He did well last year, and he did well against Brendan Hartley, who isn't the best driver ever. I think it's fair to say, but he, he was competitive. I think honestly, I think I think that. He was more competitive than people realised. I think that he was a solid driver. I think he's very mm. unlucky not to be in that team this year. Particularly because yeah. Kvyat's there. That just sounds stupid. Mm. So we'll talk a little bit about Toro Rosso later, but it is a big year for Gasly, especially against Verstappen. Interesting thing I've got here in my notes. Did you see Helmut Marko? I said the other day that Verstappen is the number one driver and that Verstappen is straight ahead of Gasly. What a what a speech to put some yeah. confidence in your number two drive before the end of the season. It, it fires him up though for Australia, doesn't it? You know, um... it does. I suppose it does. It's 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 a bit cutthroat though, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. It's not. Come on, Pierre. You've got time. Don't worry. Well, buddy. Max it's is the golden boy at Red Bull, and and you yeah. know that's why Ricardo's out of there. You know, ultimately, in my opinion, um, and you know. I, the, the, the interesting thing is, though, it, it's sort of like the Vettel Ricardo situation, you know, a few years ago. If Gasly comes in there and beats Verstappen, then all of a sudden you've got massive question marks over Verstappen. Um, you know, equally though, I think Gasly's a very good driver, so I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's the question marks over Verstappen for, if example, like when Ricardo came to Red Bull, I wouldn't say he was that highly rated. He mm-hmm. had a few years at Toro Rosso. Had he done anything magnificent? Mm, I don't Not know. Not really. I think he I finished like, sixth a couple of times, which for that team was pretty good. I feel decent, like Gasly but... has the higher reputation. I don't know why, because he's already only been there a season, but he's yeah. got the pedigree, he's got the he's got the reputation, so it's not so damning on Verstappen if he if he fights with him. Although mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. If it's to such an extent that he's beating him every weekend, there's gotta be some eyebrow raised. But yeah. the original point, it's a massive test for Gasly. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't think he'll offer that much. I think he'll be... It will take him the season to get used to the car, hence why I don't think he'll get a race win this year. I think if he does, mm. that's brilliant, fantastic, but I don't see it. Although, he can be very competitive, and I think that yeah. he, will be no, he will be number two to Verstappen. I can't see him beating Verstappen over a season, although he'll certainly be useful. He won't be a mug. No. I think, I th- I think you know, he'll... As you say, um, he's going to get big points for that 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 team. He'll get a few podiums, definitely. He might even sneak a victory if the if there's some goings on. Uh, a bit like Ricardo fourteen, if you like, where he got three victories because I the Mercedes uh, messed up those races. Um, so you know, I think that that sort of thing could happen. Um, you know, obviously, again, it's a big year for Verstappen because he's got to really show that he's made that step in maturity um, that he made in the second half of last season, um, and uh, you know, keep progressing, and and you know, people are going to start taking him seriously, uh, or at least more seriously than they already are. Um, so, a massive year for for both drivers, really. Uh, as we've said, it is for a number of drivers on the grid this year and uh, Red Bull in general because you know what happens if this Honda engine starts blowing up on them are they going to start you know um, blaming Honda for everything like they were Renault you they've know who knows patient. I think they've, yeah. got, they've, they've got to learn from what happened with McLaren mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah but so yeah I think that's that's pretty much it for, for Red Bull certainly what I want to say um, 
So we'll move on to the the next team in the championship, which I think we we should rightly talk about Renault because um, obviously they've they've invested heavily over the summer and uh, over the summer over the winter and um, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, we're starting to get into the realms of, of where they said that they're wanting to be competing for, for podiums and wins. You know, I think 2020 was the year they wanted to step up to championships, so we're still a year shy of that. But if if they're going to want to be competing for championships in the future, they're going to have to be um, competing for race wins, you know, or at the very least podiums in the, the next uh, season. Because obviously they haven't had a podium since they came back yet. Um, yeah, I think the last time that Enstone based team uh, got a podium was uh, twenty fourteen Belgium with Grosjean, and that was a very weird weekend um, where they had the bailiffs in. So it was it was fifteen though. Oh, was it fifteen? Okay. I hate to I hate to falsify your information, but just for the for the facts of the podcast. Yeah. Okay, it was fifteen apparently. It was the season they had a really bad year, if you remember that, like you said, yeah. leaves knocking, and it was the season yeah. before. Renault came in. It was a free crash. I remember. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Four years ago. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, I, for some reason I thought fifteen was the year. It was Magnussen and uh, Palmer, oh. but obviously that was sixteen. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, technicalities at the end of the day, but of um, you know they've got a, a star driver in uh, Daniel Ricciardo signing for the team and and obviously looking to prove himself. Um, you know, and I think it's a, a new challenge for him. And obviously, they've got the established uh, Mister Consistency, Nico Hulkenberg, as well, who's you know freakishly finished uh, in the top ten of the championship most of his career, and never really got a shot uh, at any higher than the sort of fourth, fifth, sixth best teams. But um, they had they, they had an interesting testing, I would say. You know, they looked quick on occasion, but then. We don't know whether they're going for glory runs, uh, so to speak. But, but so was everyone. I think that's yeah, it's, it's something yeah, for everyone. Yeah, um, I mean with the the Andrew Benson fuel corrected times, um, which you know you can take with a pinch of salt. He thinks that uh, <laughs> Renault are going to be sixth in the championship, Haas are going to be fourth, and Toro Rosso are going to be fifth. Now you know we'll discuss that later. How likely we think that that's going to be. Um, but, uh, you know, Renault have showed progress over the last few years, and I think they've got their strongest driver lineup ever by a mile. So, what are your thoughts about Renault this year and how they're going to do? I've had to eat my words a bit with both drivers. I think that last year I, I discredited Hulkenberg. I wouldn't say I don't like him, it's just one of the drivers in my grid, I'm a bit impartial on and indifferent. I know you're a big fan of Hulk. And last year showed me against Science. You know this this guy's good and he's consistent. That's the most important thing. And for a midfield team, you've got to be consistent. I think that it's important to anyone who's hoping that they're going to get podiums and wins. Scrap that. They're not. But I think they are close to that. That those spots are held by the top three. You know there is a possibility that they could get a podium. It's like racing point or force mm-hmm, India. Mm-hmm. Perez gets incredibly lucky with podiums. Hulkenberg's the opposite. Whereas that could change this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think Renault will be anywhere near the top three. But I do feel they're going to be a little bit like Red Bull were a few years ago. The, the the top guys are going to be too far ahead, but I think the guys behind them are probably going to be a little bit too far behind. Mm. So I think it's a big battle between the two. It's a big battle between the two drivers. It'll be an interesting battle. Mm-hmm. But I think the point for me is is that it's a win-win for Hulkenberg because he's expected to lose. 
but for Ricardo, he has got a point to prove this year, and mm-hmm. he's he's got a brilliant drive. He's got he's got brilliant drive. You know, his motivation's really good in my opinion. He's got a point to prove against Red Bull, and I think he could get a few star results. But so could Hulkenberg. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but with Renault only um, hosting themselves and sp- not sponsoring, but uh, what's the word? So, supplying, that's the one. Supplying mm-hmm. McLaren and themselves this year. I do worry that performance might be lacking a bit because I think McLaren aren't exactly the best benchmark, but we'll go into that a bit later. But I think it's one of the most underrated driver lineups on the grid, as is the Haas lineup. But I'll be interested to see who's going to win that battle. I think it, you could make a good case for either driver winning that battle, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. You generally could. Yeah, and I think a lot of it will come down to reliability at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think uh, a retirement here or there for, for each of the drivers could seriously affect their championship standing with each other because I, I do genuinely think it is one of the more evenly matched um lineups on the grid uh obviously we'll find out on saturday whether that's true or not but uh you know hulkenberg has dragged massive performances out of force india and uh sauber you know back in 2013 almost won a race for force india in in 2012 before uh crashing into hamilton in his last mclaren race but um yeah uh it's uh Oh, well done on your Aga, Toby. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it. As you say, it's a win-win for for Hulkenberg because Renault aren't going to be interested in getting rid of him anytime soon. I don't think uh, there's not really many better options out there for them. So as long as he's close to to Ricardo, he's going to be fine. And if he beats Ricardo, you know he, he's getting himself in the conversation for a top seat again in my opinion um you know particularly mercedes maybe Um, yeah it it it, i i think it depends you know if if what you say is true about vettel his being his last year in the sport you know bottas probably leaving mercedes then you know you think ocon to mercedes and then who goes to ferrari you know that Ricardo's not going to go there, and you know, unless no. Max goes there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't see that happening. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> the the they voted against uh, May's Brexit deal. Uh, there, there you go, there you go, uh, Rob. I mean, if you were here at the start of the podcast, you would you would have heard the breaking news from us. We, you know, we got live feed from Westminster and all that. But um, yeah, I think, as you say, Renault are going to be in no man's land this year. Not not close enough to the top teams. They might scrape a podium here and there. You know, places like Baku or Mexico or something like that. Crazy things tend to happen there. Um, but yeah, they, they'll be ahead of the other midfield uh, guys. So I think uh, I think we can sort of rattle through a few teams down. There's not there's not much to say about the the next lot but maybe this team in particular McLaren um you know I guess we can get we can dedicate a little bit to them uh you're second in the championship uh, last year oh, sure. um <laughs> but uh, obviously the big loss of Fernando Alonso uh they them uh, just like Ferrari have, have had big changes over the winter um uh, but when have they not since Martin Whitmarsh left in 2013 I think uh 14 maybe um you know, McLaren at second year with the the Renault, they're, they're sort of going under the radar. Obviously, nobody's expecting anything from McLaren this year. So, could that perhaps 
you know, be be of uh, benefit to them this year. That people aren't looking at them and saying, "Oh, that you know, they said they were going to be uh, <laughs> podium winning, uh, a podium winning team by Australia last year." You know, is it going to help them that? Absolutely, nobody's talking about McLaren in that manner this year. We all expect that they're going to be pretty bad. I'll be blunt here. No, no. I think, I think the McLaren, and I'm going to be very harsh here. McLaren are the biggest laughing stock on the grid. They are. I'm sorry. I think that you can kind of accept Williams falling to the bottom. McLaren, with the resource they've got, with the with the money they've got, with the staff they've got, it's just completely unacceptable and. We've had Alonso there last year. I think that Alonso massively flattered the performance of that car. And I can't see what games they've made, gains they've made this side of the season. I think Sainz can make a performance similar to yeah. Alonso, but Norris is an unknown. I think they can improve, and I'm not really expecting much from Norris. It's a big year for Sainz, though, because once again, and I think this is why the season's so anticipating and exciting, because there's so many drives with big years, there's so many drives that could have breakthroughs, make or break seasons for them and that's what it is for uh, for Carlos Sainz and for Lando Norris equally here mm-hmm. but personally I can't see McLaren improving that's not because I said they were going to finish second last year I just want to make sure that I'm a little bit more conservative this year but honestly with the level of comp- I think that there's a massive level of competition in the midfield which disputes what some people were saying earlier in the comments on YouTube about there's no F1 anymore there's no competition I think that the competition between 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, possibly even ninth in the Constructors is huge. Any team could finish there because it's so close. But I can't see McLaren competing too well in that. And that will be their big downfall. And they haven't got the experience that... Let's run through the teams. Renault have got in both drivers. Haas have got in both drivers. Racing Point have got in Perez. Sauber have got in... Oh, sorry. Alfa Romeo have got in Viking. And equally, Toro Rosso have got in Kvyat. So... You could say McLaren have got science for the experience, but will mm. that be counterbalanced by Norris? I'm not sure. Yeah. And has science got what it takes to lead a team? You know, he's only mm. been in Formula One four years. It, it's a big, it's a big, you know, big task to take on. You could say that well, Verstappen's doing the same, but Verstappen's in a ready-built team. McLaren are a team that needs to be guided. It needs to, he needs drivers with good advice, good feedback, mm. and can the drivers provide that? I don't know, because honestly, mm. I think that Alonso was effectively running that team last year. Yeah. But, and, and I mean, he's still popping his head up in this year's team. That that is how big a presence he is. You know that he's there. Is he their reserve driver this year? I'm, I, uh, kind of. I, I put it this way: if they start doing well, I'm sure he'd be knocking on the because I say, "Can I just drive in the Spanish Grand Prix? Can I just yeah. drive in this one?" Yeah. Monaco. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> no, if McLaren come out and win the first race of the season, you can bet your bottom dollar that Alonso will be in by Bahrain. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know he will. He will be in, and uh, Norris oh, will have to wait why, another year. I mean, I'm sorry, I know it's a, it's a, it's horrible to say for Norris, but why not? Yeah, you know, I, we'd all love to see Alonso in a race-winning car again. You know what's going to be interesting is if Norris wins the first race, and then, <laughs> oh, then what do they do? Norris wins the first race. There isn't something dodgy in me orange squash. Yeah. What did you do? <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, anyway. Sorry, no, no, we can't just overlook that fact. That's worse than me saying to McLaren to finish second last year. Lando Norris within the first race. Go home. Honestly. Before before we get too hyped about McLaren and He's gonna win as well, isn't he now? Yeah. yeah. I was just I was just posing the question like what do you do with Alonso then? You know, you can't exactly get rid of signs instead. Do you know what I mean? No, but no. Uh, maybe you have a sort of race rotation system where Sainz and Norris swap every race, and and uh, I, I know Toro, um, not Toro, so HRT had that uh, back in 2010 or something. Like the the back half of the season, they they swap drivers every Can race. We not it was get stupid. Into that? I don't but anyway, uh, no, I don't either. But. Um, unless the top 10 retire or something or get disqualified you you never know Uh, anyway McLaren big year for them really you know but again because they're going under the radar people are expecting them to do crap so if they're they get it right this year funnily enough if if they're the second worst team on the grid again nobody's going to really say anything Um, Rob was speculating that maybe McLaren are saving the money and working on the 2021 car a bit like Mercedes uh, 2014, but nobody seems to have done it since. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but anyway, so we'll, we'll get on to our predictions about McLaren later, but um, we'll move on before we, we start speculating they'll win the championship. So uh, I, I guess we can sort of group the next three or, or four together, really, with Torosso, Haas, Alpha, and, and Racing Point. Um yeah. Gonna be tricky, but we can do it. Yeah, I, I, I just suggest that because I think they're they're very, very close. You know, um, you know, from testing, uh, and from previous years, the midfield is going to be tight. Um, you know, Haas have have probably got the the best team out of those four. Um, if you look on the the face of it, with Magnus and Grosjean continuing for a, a third consecutive year, um, and Grosjean having a really cracking end of the season, really. Yeah. So uh, they've had new investment from this rich energy or, or whatever. I don't really understand what all that's about. But um, is V two. Yeah. Um, they're they're obviously buying a lot of their parts from Ferrari as they always do. Uh, yeah. And you know they'll be a solid, dependable car next season, I would imagine. And what what do you think about the driver pairing of Magnussen and Grosjean? And and do, do you think they can progress up to their target of fourth this season or do you think they're just going to be fifth to eighth that sort of region I've said, I've said this last year and I'll continue this this is probably going to be the only fact that remains from last year Haas have got a very 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 underrated undermined driver lineup. they've got two now I'm not going to say championship winning drivers because I'll get shot for in that. the right car they would be 100% I think thank you thank you I've yeah. had, I said something stupid there if Grosjean if Grosjean was driving a Mercedes he'd win the championship I, I, I believe that two solid drivers then two solid drivers um, that can outdrive the car you know if they would have got 22 points or the 20 points in Australia last year I know we don't like looking at hindsight but they could have finished fourth in the constructors that would have been a big boost for them and if they can start well again this year, Magnussen has—I'm not going to use the—but uh, I'll, I'll put the—I'll put the word in there, and you can figure it out. He has got big, um, bowling. Yeah, okay. Uh, big testicles. He will. He will <laughs> thank you. And he will go for anything. He is mad, but he isn't that mad that he'll cause too many accidents. He's not as mad as Grosjean was in 2012. He is 
honestly, he's just fantastic. I love watching Magnuson. I think he's just, he doesn't care. And I think mm-hmm. that's just so mm-hmm. brilliant. But he doesn't go mad to cause a crash. Mm-hmm. Not for him, anyway. He'll take someone else out, but oh well. Um, but they've got two very feisty drivers, two drivers that can um, make a lot of good results given the, given the car, given the resource, mm-hmm. and given a good position. So I think they are a little bit undermined. And it's going to be a big year for both of them. Um, Grosjean needs to perform. I think, yeah. like last year. But I've said here in my notes, and that's what I'm going to finish on, Haas are an unknown quantity, and they could perform well. Mm-hmm. I, don't expect them to, I don't expect them to be 8th or 7th. I think they will be in that 6th, 5th, or even 4th. Yeah. I, I, I think it will come down to reliability in that midfield and who's going to finish where. And I think... I think Haas have been very reliable over the last few years. I mean, they were very unlucky not to finish 4th and 5th. Uh, at Australia last year, if you remember, they they both had pit stop failures. Um, so the tire came off, I think, uh, after the pit stops for both drivers while they were running yeah. fourth and fifth. And you know they could have had a lot more points last season and and maybe even done better than the the sixth that I think they finished in. Or was it seventh? Or was it fifth? Uh, Maybe fifth. No, Force India were fifth, weren't they? No, it was fifth because they. Ah, uh, Force India obviously the lost all their points, didn't they? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so Haas, you know, again, we're, we're looking at a, a fairly dependable um, uh, driver lineup, and and uh, you know, I think I think they'll they'll be fine again this season. Certainly ahead of uh, Williams, but we'll we'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, so Alpha, obviously, they've welcomed uh, your hero, Mister Kimi Raikkonen, um, to the team, and and. Uh, presumably they've got fresh investment you know and now they've fully switched over to Alfa Romeo another team that I think are getting parts from Ferrari I'm not entirely sure the situation on that but um, they're certainly the Ferrari B team uh, so to speak so how how do you feel like Alfa Romeo will do in technically their first year in the sport they're a big, they're a dark horse. They are a massive yeah. dark horse. I agree with what the people have said in the comments. Rob Ponter and Old Man Sudor, they are a big, 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 big dark horse. The, all right, I think I've got enough. But they're a dark horse. I think you can understand that by now. Mm-hmm. Kimi Räikkönen in that car is going to be like an Alonso and a McLaren, but a McLaren that's better than a McLaren. So, make up your mind there. I think that Sable was a really good car last year. That's why I kind of undermine Leclerc's achievements a little bit because mm. Ericsson did it and so did Leclerc and I think that Kimi can do even better. So honestly, I think yeah. that Kimi can perform some awesome, uh, pull some awesome stuff out of the bag. He's got no pressure, you know. He's, yeah. he's going down to enjoy himself now. It's not like Ferrari with all the inter-team politics or even Benny saying, right, make sure Vettel beats you or we'll send Vettel out first in quality, you know, all that stupid crap. <laughs> We've gone past <laughs> nine o'clock now, we're all right. Yeah, but, don't worry about it. Um, this will be an extended podcast tonight. Don't expect it to be the norm, but we're not going to worry about time tonight. So yeah, um, as long as we're not going till midnight, and I do need to uh, get up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but I think Kimmy's going to be really interesting, and I think he could really dice it with the with the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth in the championship, and mm-hmm. that'll be really interesting. But don't don't discount Giovinazzi. Yeah, I think Giovinazzi's fast, but you know, I think he's. Uh... I think it's going to be a tough step up for him as, as Toby's obviously uh, took a little break for, for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, as he said, I think Alpha are a potential dark horse this year. Uh, they they looked very, very strong in testing and, and people really fancy them. 
Um, allegedly, their uh, parts on the second week, they, they had some sort of update uh, in the second week. Um, and that didn't quite work the way they were expecting, but... You know, nobody knows really from uh, testing what's what's going to happen. But um, you know, I, I'll discuss this with Toby in a minute. But uh, the thing about Raikkonen that worries me uh, is that during his time at Ferrari, um, the second spell, I'm not sure we've seen a lot of the racer in Kimi. Um, you know, wheel to wheel action and and him being good wheel to wheel so so toby's just come back um i'm just talking about kimmy reichen and uh, a slight concern i have for him this season is that during his second spell at ferrari we've not really seen him do much wheel to wheel racing or, or really good wheel to wheel racing is what i'm saying and being in the midfield he's gonna have to do a lot of that and i wonder whether that's gonna hold him back a little bit i don't know what your thoughts are on that Hmm, it's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. Interesting thoughts. Well, I don't yeah. know what you think. Do you think that? I, I think I think perhaps, you know, if if he was in clean air, I think he would finish seventh in the championship probably. But I worry that his racecraft isn't as good as it used to be, and I think that'll cost Sauber points in or mm. Alpha, I should say. Alpha, yeah. But anyway, um. See you later, old lady players. Thank you very much for coming along. Uh, very good to see you. Um, Any thoughts about Giovinazzi? I think he's he's fast. Uh, I think I was saying it as you were leaving the room, but uh, I think he's fast. But in a sh- very short time in F1, um, he's a bit raw at the moment. And uh, I think being alongside Kimi is, is only going to be a benefit for him because people are expecting him to get trounced this season. Mm. And... Um, you know he's going to have time to develop. Uh, if he'd went in there with Ericsson, it's a different story. Do you know what I mean? Um, if he gets beat by Reichen, nobody's going to raise their eyebrows. So yeah, you know I think he's got a. He can't crash in in Australia because that'll be his four Grand Prix. He's crashed in. Um, so you know he's turned into the UGE UGE day oh. of uh, F1. But um, anyway, uh, so Alfa Romeo, we we both think might be a bit of a dark horse this year. We'll get on to predictions later, obviously. But um, the other part of the the midfield is is consisted of Torosso and Racing Point. So I'll, I'll let you talk about which team you want to talk about next. We'll talk about Racing Point first. Yeah. There's a lot of politics that is that uh, are about Racing Point now. You might or you might not know that Lawrence Stroll, Lance Stroll's father, is part of a consortium that bought Force India, hence why the team's called Racing Point now. Immediately, that caused a lot of problems. Like at Williams, his son is only there because his dad has bought the team. Mm-hmm. Really, and I've put, them da- I've put it down in my notes, so I'm going to say it, Perez is expected to spank Stroll. To be, to be blunt about it. I beg your um, pardon. <laughs> Perez is expected to beat Stroll very strongly. Yeah. Although Stroll could be favoured by the team owners. That's what I worry about a bit. I don't like Perez, so I couldn't really care less. But Stroll could be favoured and Perez should be eaten by quite a bit. But it's a big season for Stroll. If he can perform, then I'll take all that back. 
Mm. I'll take all that back. But yeah. so far, I haven't seen any real evidence that he can be any good. Whereas Prez is a um, is a good driver. We've had a few interesting things in the comments about how Racing Point could be a bit bad because there's issues behind the scenes. Interesting there. Inside think, information. There. I know, but I think there are three teams that are worse than them, so that will inform where they're going to finish in the constructors. Um, but yeah, I I, 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 I I think that well, Williams aren't going to finish above them. I don't think Toro Rosso are. Unless um, Williams have, have got some sort of incredible development lined up, we'll then. talk about that later. Yeah, um, hint, well, that's a big hint. We're not talking about them in the midfield battle. That's all no, I want to say. Um, but, how, to, how how much do you think Prez will beat Stroll this year? How, how much um, of a margin? Or, or am I just being too harsh? Do you think they'll be uh, I, I don't think you're being too harsh. I think I think when Williams had a decent car, Stroll didn't step up. You know, uh, with Massa in the in Massa's last yeah yeah last year. Um, you know, Massa very. High, um, very much outperformed Stroll that year, but that's Felipe Massa. This is Sergio Perez. Now, uh, Perez has obviously uh, had Button as a teammate. He's had Hulkenberg as a teammate. Uh, who else has he teammated? <laughs> um, who's been a for Ocon uh, the last couple of years? Um, yeah, Ashy as well. Yeah, Kobe Um And 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 Perez is is sort of shown that he he can. You know, put in a very good level, very consistent. He'll score a lot of points if the car's there. Um, you know, he'll even sneak some podiums somehow. But um, Stroll, you know, hasn't really proved himself. He's looked well off the pace uh, to to some drivers. I mean, Sorotkin last year, it was a fairly even battle between them, I guess. But against Massa, he was a second off. You know, in some qualifying sessions, and and that that's for me. I think Perez is going to beat him quite heavily because I think that race and point car won't be good enough to beat where it's been the last few years. You know, where it's sometimes been battling for sixth and seventh. You know, I think they're more likely to be fighting for ninth and tenth, and I think nine times out of ten, Perez is going to get the ninth place, and therefore he's going to beat him um, quite quite harshly in the championship i would imagine but yeah uh we could be taking all this back uh in you know nine months time or whatever but uh that that's just where it is at the moment what i find interesting is that you can't even use the excuse that Lance Stroll is a pay driver anymore um he, he is literally just the the son of the the team owner isn't he so you know uh at least with williams you could say well he was paying the bills but mm. um Anyway, uh, I I think Racing Point will struggle this year, and and I see them actually being at the back of this midfield uh, battle. Certainly at the start of the season, they always develop well, though. So, um, you know, the best pound for pound team in F one, um, you know, we'll we'll see how they get on throughout the year. But I think at the start they're going to struggle to get out of Q one. I think. Mm. So, Toro Rosso, last of the midfield teams. Um, obviously, all changed there, or at least they're welcoming back Danny Kvyat for his something like fourth spell at the team. Um, Stupid. And uh, Albon as well has come in as, as theoretically the second driver, I guess. Um, but he, he actually has to have green lights at the back of his car because he hasn't had enough miles in an F1 car. 
um, to, to have the, the normal red light or whatever. So um, that's interesting in itself. Um, and Torosso obviously always seem to start the season with a decent car and then don't develop it for the rest of the year. So, yeah. you know, they, they had a few quick times in, in pre-season testing, admittedly. Um, the top two of the days, I think, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, and Andrew Benson's you know critically acclaimed um, fuel corrected times has them fourth on the the um, on on the on the on the table, um, two tenths ahead of seventh place Red Bull. Just putting it out there, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, what what do you think about their season? Do you think Kvyat going back there? Will bring anything better than the the twenty the twenty seventeen season, or do you think? Just seems so contradictory that they yeah. got rid of Hartley and brought Kvyat in. I don't really understand that. <laughs> well, Hartley will be back next season. Don't worry. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, there's not really much expected of either driver to be honest. I don't think Kvyat's been built up much on his return actually, which is a bit of a surprise. But not much of expected of Albon. I think out of all the ten teams, they've been the least talked about, and I think that's there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, they're not gonna challenge, but they're not gonna be right at the back. They're gonna be in the mix. But I don't think they're gonna do anything special. There's not much expected of Albon. He crashed on the first lap that he went out in pre-season. That's always the best way to start your career, isn't it? But I don't really have much faith in Albon. I think that Kvyat will be satisfactory. He might pull off a few good performances here and there, but. Honestly, I can't really see them scoring many points, and I think they'll both be quite low down the championship. And mm-hmm. for Albon, it's going to be a decent first year, but he won't be pulling any strings massively. I know we say that well, Red Bull are going to be up there. It's Hamilton, Toro Rosso, and I just feel like the the lineup doesn't give much inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob's talking about boom one one. Sorry, Toby, is that your? Well, anger? Aberdeen are two 0 up against Rangers, so. Okay. It's all falling apart now. Uh, right. Anyway, um, not much more to say about uh, Toro Rosso. I don't think. I think, as you say, it could be a very 2011-2012 esque season. I yeah. think where they struggle to pick up points, and um, you know they might finish ninth because of that. But we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, so Williams, you know, turned up late to, to testing. They've got a new driver lineup this year as well. Paddy Lowe's already out of the team. Um, you know, before day one, which I think is a bit harsh. It's all his fault, but they obviously got rid of Rob Smedley as well at the end of last season, and uh, they, they they've kind of went all change over the winter. Uh, they've got a new livery, like it all over it, and um, you know they've got Robert Kubica back at the team, which I know you've got your own opinions about, and uh, GP two champion. Uh, yeah. George Russell, uh, or F two champion, I should say. Sorry, um, yeah. So, you know, a bit of pedigree there, and they're they're still kind of Mercedes B team, really. Um, you know, if Russell does really well, there's a route to Mercedes there, but um, yeah, we're we're expecting they're going to be the caterums of this year, unfortunately. Um, they they turned up two days late and even when they did turn up they were slow and it's it's quite sad to see I, I have to say but it it sort of tops up a, a a big decline of them since 2014 really um, you know where they had a decent car 2015 they still had a decent car and then since then they've sort of dropped off the face of the earth really so what are your thoughts on Williams I know you yeah you're, you're sporting their 
uh, attire there, but you know, do you think uh, do you think we'll be seeing those colours on the podium this season? It's about as good as your Norris to win prediction. That is, I think it's just really depressing talking about Williams, and I think that they've declined. They haven't got the money. They haven't got the bridge budget. I think their driver lineup is incredibly uninspiring. I think that Kubica going back, well. Apparently he's only 20% ready for the season. Oh, so Exactly. I mean, he could make a complete mockery of himself. And Sorokin wasn't bad. I don't know why Sorokin wasn't retained, but nevertheless, he's the... I, I think Kubica gets them a bit of PR, you know. Sorokin <laughs> wouldn't. Do you know what some I mean? Some needed PR, definitely. Christ, they need some PR at the moment. Russell's an interesting one, you know. I think Russell could be good. I, I heard Claire Williams talking about Russell, that he hasn't put a foot wrong. He gives good feedback, which is what a team like that needs, so that's positive for them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a it's a bit of a tricky one for both drivers. I think for Russell, if he beats Kubica, it's, oh, look at him, he's beat Kubica, he's got plenty of experience. But then it will also be, well, Kubica's hampered. Whereas if Kubica beats Russell, it's all, oh, welcome back, Kubica. There's, there's no loss yeah. for Kubica, really, yeah. because yeah. even if he doesn't lose, it's if, even if he does lose, it's, well, he's hampered because of his conditions. So that's what I don't like about that move particularly. But mm. I've got a bit of faith in Russell, but I, it's a little bit like McLaren. And with Bottas, I don't think, but I fear that they'll be late. Uh, that they'll be late to the party, if you like. They were late to testing. Paddy Lowe's been sacked. It really doesn't look good for him. And I can't see a Braun story. Put it that way. I don't think it's going to quite go that way. And <laughs> they've lost a lot of sponsors. There. They've bought in Rocket, which I'm not really sure about. I think that, and this sounds daft. I was discussing this the other day. I think that ever since Frank has kind of left as a team principal, I think they've massively been a detriment because I honestly think I know it sounds crazy but Frank Williams had the charm back in the day to get sponsors like Rothmans like Martini in the last few years Claire Williams hasn't got that and I just wonder whether that might be one of the reasons why the team's fall back you can't blame it I, I think they've cool. also lost like massive names like um, Pat Simmons and you know Pat Rickhead I think that were both uh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, big big like names at Williams you know and, and they, they've sort of moved on now and um... and they've lost Master and Bottas you know well, you yeah, compare yeah. the yeah. to, and even last year Bottas to stroll well, exactly, to stroll and Sorokin and Russell took a bit so I know we were on about patronising Bottas earlier but Bottas and Massa have both gone on to have experience in Mercedes and Ferraris and even a good Williams at the time mm-hmm. Russell, Stroll, Sorokin and Kibitza what have they got between them? Yeah, Nothing much have they? Me, me and Kibitza you know when he were, in his first career was um, was very but it's, good it's like but it, 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 story, isn't it? it's, there's it, only so much that he can do in a bad car it, 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 it's tough be because because nobody's come from it was tough eight, yeah. Yeah, eight, <laughs> nobody's come from nearly nine years out of the sport um, and you know certainly at Kibitza's level I know Carthur Keane technically did it but um, <laughs> you know uh, and Della Rosa will probably be in F1 next season um, Luca Badawa you know I, I, I'm not really setting a good trend here Um I think, you know, as you say, it's a win-win for Kubica. He's back in the sport that he loves and that he's been trying to get in for a number of years now. Um, and, you know, for Russell, it's a, it's a decent benchmark. If Russell beats Kubica, then people are, you know... Kubica's a, a still a rated driver in the, in the paddock, I think. Um, 
So, you know, it, it gets his stock high a little bit. If he gets beat by him, it's, you know, perhaps a little bit of a question mark over him. But he's he's got a pedigree from lower formulas. But as you say, it, it is just sad to see Williams where they are. Um, but I, I genuinely don't see uh, them ever competing for championships again. Unless uh, yeah, unless they sold somebody else. Unless there's a consortium that comes yeah. in. It's not Williams anymore. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, that pretty much sums up Williams. It's a real shame. You could say, Rob, yeah, they could need to get a Kimi in there, but they just haven't got the finance. Why would Kimi go there? Why would anybody go there? It's just so it's such an unattractive prospect unless you've got yeah. serious money and you can kind of buy the team, which... You, 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 you can't you... say that Williams are an attractive, you know, historical huh? team anymore. It's like McLaren in many ways. You know, McLaren aren't title contenders anymore. That they're not as attractive to join. Even Red Bull, to a certain extent, their driver program isn't as attractive because they haven't had success for, you know, five years in F1. Plus, their driver program served its purpose. Yeah. They've found the names that they need, so that's served yeah. its purpose now. But if Verstappen leaves Red Bull, then where does that leave yeah, them? Cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, like Vettel did. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough season for Williams, I think. Um... And I think they're probably better off just uh, thinking about 2020 now. There's not really a lot of point in them throwing a load of money into this car because even if they find a second on the car, the other teams around them are going to find half a second to stay ahead of them. So it's 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 going to be tough for them, uh, I think. And uh, you know, I think that's reflected in our predictions, which we will go on to now I think you know uh, we, yeah. we've we've looked at um, the teams as a whole and I think uh, we're both looking forward to, to telling you guys our predictions so let's start with the Constructors Championship I think that's a less interesting championship so um, I think we're both you know in agreement that uh, 10th place will be Ferrari, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, Williams. Williams, yeah. Williams are, are well off the pace, we think, and uh, yeah. they're going to struggle to score any points this year, I would suggest. So, mm. um, yeah. yeah. Toro Rosso uh, is my ninth team. <laughs> I was going to say ninth place, but Toro Rosso is my ninth place team, and, and I think that's because of their driver lineup. I don't think it's as strong as uh, the teams around them and, I, I, and I, as I said when we were talking about the team I think they're going to struggle to pick up big points at least and uh, I think yeah, the other teams will yeah. yeah so you agree uh, what yeah. about 8th place, who have you got in 8th I've got McLaren in 8th place I said that we wouldn't, shouldn't expect too much from McLaren and I think that the other competition, Renault, Racing Point Haas and Romeo were too strong Fundamentally, they might come up with a good car, but I think the competition is too strong. Mm-hmm. I've got Racing Point at eighth. I think, I think, you know, as uh, OMS said before, I think Racing Point are in a in a in a bad situation at the moment, and um, they've still got the the staff there that you know led that team to multiple fourth places. Would have been another one last year if they hadn't had all their points removed. Um, but I just. I also think they're going to have one driver bringing in most of the points and that's going to make them suffer would against... You, would, the, you, would you increase that position if Ocon was still there? Probably, yeah. Probably. So is it a direct stroll thing? I, 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 well, 
Yes, I think I think Okong can probably drag a bit more out of it and therefore more points. It, yeah. It's difficult though because I think Alpha and McLaren and, and and Haas have got much better driver lineups than than Race and Point, and that that's ultimately why I think um, they'll be ahead. But I also think they're behind pace wise as well. Seventh yeah. then. Um, no, I've made a light change to that. I think Racing Point will be seventh. I think that I've got Haas there originally, but I think you know what? I think that Haas have got the better lineup, and for reasons you said earlier about Racing Point, but I think they will be. McLaren Perez has got the potential to get more big points, and that's what that will come down to. Yeah, um, I've got I've gone for Alpha. I think. Okay. I think my concerns about Kimi uh, sort of hold true there. I think. I'm not entirely sure Kimi will be able to drag massive performances out of that Sauber week in, week out. I think he'll be consistent. I don't think he's going to get podiums with Alpha, unless they're a really good team, which they may well be. Um, yeah. And I think I think Gio's going to take a little while to settle down. Uh, I don't yeah. think he's going to be a Gutierrez, but I think he's going to take a while to settle down. I think, I think again, Haas have got a very strong lineup. And and I think McLaren might just have a bit more pace across the season, um, you know, not necessarily in Australia, but over the year I think McLaren will probably develop the car. They're, they're bound to one year, aren't they? Yeah. Sixth. Haas. Okay. Uh, um, I made a, I made a change, and as I said, I don't think that it'd be fair to put them all the way down in seventh. I think that they'll extract performance, but. It's like the same old case as two teams that are better than them, I think. And mm-hmm. Grosjean and Magnussen are the type that are consistent, but could well make mistakes, and it all comes down to consistency in this formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, McLaren in sixth. So, okay. So I think uh, I think I think we'll see an improvement from them this year. Uh, they certainly look a little bit ahead of where they were at the end of last year, which you know isn't hard. But um, I think signs is good. You know, obviously. Norris is an unknown, but I think he's one that will get stronger throughout the season, a bit like Gio. Um, you know, and I think Sainz has the ability to get some really decent points out of that car. Uh, so I, I've got McLaren sixth this year, but the, the midfield is so close. You know, anywhere that I've got fifth to, to ninth really could be interchangeable, I think, uh, depending on reliability and stuff like that. But yeah, I've got, I've got McLaren in sixth for now. Fifth. Okay. Fifth. Uh, for me, ha- uh, sorry, Alfa Romeo. I know you've put Alfa Romeo a bit further down. I don't particularly agree with what you've said about Raikkonen. I think he will be what Alonso has been to McLaren in the last few years. I think he'll outdrive the car. I think he'll get a few good performances. And if the car is good enough, it'll be a podium, I think, for Kimi. That's my bold prediction of the evening number three. Okay. But at the same time, that could be so interchangeable. I think it's not much of a bold prediction, but it all depends on how good the car is. And if it's not as good as I think it will be, they will be further down. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you've gone with Haas there. Yeah, I've gone Haas because I think I just think consistency more than anything. I think yeah. uh, you know um, I don't think Grosjean and Magnussen will get podiums, but I think if there's a sixth on the on offer, they're going to get it um, more times than not. And yeah. and I think they're more likely a double score in the top 10 than the other teams around them yeah um so that's why i've got them in fifth uh they, they looked okay in testing again um 
you know, but we won't know until Saturday. They usually start out really well, Hass, and struggle to develop. So that's another thing that that you know could be interchangeable there. But uh, going into the top four, I've gone Renault for fourth place, which uh, you know we touched on before. They're going to be in no man's land this year, in my opinion. Um, you know, a little bit off Red Bull. Um, Ferrari and uh, Mercedes but they're going to be quite a bit ahead of the likes of Haas and McLaren in my opinion this season anyway Uh yeah so you've went Renault as well for fourth yeah Yeah. yeah. Uh, top three then now this is going to be an interesting one I think we'll just go one two three um, and just get it over with now for me honestly you could put these teams in any order and you could make a good argument I'm going to stick to my gut Ferrari 1, Red Bull 2, Mercedes 3. It seems bonkers that Mercedes are free, but that's what I went with. But I think you could honestly put these teams in any order and you could make a case. I'm guessing you've gone Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, obviously in the um, opposite way. Yeah, so, so I still think Mercedes will win the championship. Just because I think, you know, a certain somebody will get a lot more points Bottas. over... <laughs> Bottas will get a lot more points over Leclerc than... Uh, than uh, Interesting. Then Vettel will over Hamilton. That's what okay. I think. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> and then obviously uh, Ferrari second. Uh, I think again they'll start the season well, but as we've seen that the development race um, that they'll lose, uh, and Red Bull will be third simply because I think there'll be a, a few teething issues with the Honda. I think towards the end of the season they will again be very very fast. Um, so. You know, we'll we'll see uh, how they do, um, but yeah, to- Toby's gone for a bit. So, uh, oh no, he's back. He's back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess going on to the drivers then. Um, yeah. I I think do these in batches of five up until probably mm-hmm. the top eight. Yeah. Um, so uh, my my five. bottom five twentieth, I've got George Russell. Okay. Nineteenth, I've got uh, Kubica. Uh, 18th I've got Stroll 17th Geo and 16th Albon interesting uh, reverse in terms of Williams could be Sir and Russell I don't think we need to justify those particularly it's just down to personal preference Albon 18th don't think Tor Russell will offer much Norris 17th uh, again I think it'd be a disappointing season it would take a long time for him to get used to it as well and Kvyat in 16th mm-hmm. um, 15th to 11th then I've got Kvyat 15th. I've then got Perez 14th, which is quite low for Perez, but, mm. you know, that's where I think Force Force India are. I'm just going to call them that. His yeah. racing point is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, 13th, I've got Norris. I think he'll improve as the season goes on, and I think towards the end of the year he's going to score regular points, but, I th- again, I think it's going to take him a long time to do that. Uh, now I've got Magnussen and Grosjean, um, 12th and 11th there. Uh, Stroll for me in 15th mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to do anything uh, Sainz in 14th, that could increase the McLaren's good, Grosjean 13th Gio Vanazzi 12th I might move him down a few but considering where I've put Kimi I've got to put Gio up there and Magnussen 11th I think that touching on press he will finish 10th I think that he will just get those few good results he's lucky in that way and I think that will make many eclipses the drivers behind him Mm-hmm. Uh, top 10, well, I've got Kimi Raikkonen 10th and Sainz 9th. What about you? So I've got Prez 10th and I've got Ricardo in 9th. Okay, so um, 
that's very interesting. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll talk maybe in more detail about the top eight drivers. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I think this is pretty nailed on to be the top eight, you know, in, in any given order. Um, so, <laughs> so, so it, seventh and eighth, I've got Hulkenberg and, and Ricardo. Um, I think Hulkenberg will shade Ricardo this season simply because he's had longer at the team. I think yeah. Hulkenberg will start out better, but Ricardo might come back at him towards the end of the year. And yeah, I, I genuinely think it's a toss of the coin of reliability between them two uh, who's going to come out on top. Yeah, I think, uh, as you say, Hulkenberg will beat Ricardo. Uh, and Kimi will finish seventh. Uh, that's Dan's personal bias because I love Kimi, but I think given the car, he could he, he could do it. And he, could, he could do it, yeah. It all depends how good that Alpha is. Yeah, but for me, Kimi will be seventh mm-hmm. um, if that car's good, but if not, he'll be ninth. You mm-hmm. know, he'll be either side of the Renaults, I think. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, you know, I think it's him and Sainz is going to be a really interesting battle this season because I think they're the standout drivers of the midfield. Um, so so I think, I think Sainz will win it just... Um, because of reasons I've said before, but yeah. Um, anyway, into the top six then. So sixth place, I've got Pierre Gasly, and that is simply because I think, as you've said before, I think he's going to take a little while to adjust to it, and um, I think the other five will just be ahead of him by the end of the season, and you know, but he'll be easily sixth, I think. Yeah, agreed. Snap there. Uh... Yeah, I think that it's going to take him a little, little while to adjust, and the pressure of Verstappen, I think, will get to him a little bit. But he'll have the odd good performance, but not having a war at race win will definitely be a detriment to him. Mm-hmm. Fifth place, I've got Valtteri Bottas. Uh, I think no surprises there, particularly, especially if the top three are close. I think, you know, if yeah. Mercedes are in another league, he might finish third. But, um, but that'll just be. Yeah, that'll just be um, Elevated or inflated, and how good the car is. Yeah, yeah. It's not really on his home performance. We're assessing his performance, aren't we? But yeah. many things. I, I just think he's he's not that close to Hamilton, and you know, if if it is as close as we think, then that's going to make a bigger difference. Uh, so he's going to finish fifth, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth, I've got Leclerc. Um, I, I think Vettel will beat him over the season. I think again, Leclerc will take a little bit of getting used to the car, and then. You know, as the season goes on, he may well go and beat Vettel, but I think fourth is is my prediction. He'll definitely win races, I think. But who have you got in third? Verstappen. Ah, so you think Vettel will either be first or second? Of course, you can't disclose that sort of point. That's interesting. I've got Leclerc third, Vettel fourth. I just feel it might. I just feel something's going to happen that Leclerc will beat him, and it'll all go to right. But honestly, I think that could be reversed. I don't see any of them being in the top two because I think that Ferrari once again will just disappoint. Um, yeah, the, and... the the thing is, I think Ferrari, I think Vettel will win a few races at the start of the season, and that that's what will inflate his position a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Verstappen will probably crash at Monaco again. <laughs> uh, Verstappen's third for me simply because I think Red Bull won't quite be at championship winning level yet, mm-hmm. uh, which I know that you think they will be, but. Um, I think I think Verstappen, you know, um, will will finish a good third. Probably not that far behind the the championship winner, but um, he'll definitely win races again this year. But yeah, maybe next year for him. 
Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Top two then. Who have you got to win the championship? Max. Why? That's my bottle prediction for the evening. I, I just feel that it's Red Bull's time. It's Red Bull's year. And <clears throat> I think that the Honda engine will be really good for him. Of course, it's more what I... It's more what, what goes on in my mad head than my thinking. I think that... I think Verstappen will finish second if he doesn't win the championship. I feel that Hamilton's most direct rival is Verstappen this year rather than Vettel. I think Vettel will become too focused on his battle with Leclerc. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah. And I think that I think that will upset him sometimes. And I think that although it's not going to get political, I think it could get interesting to say the least. And, yeah. It's a it's a good point. I think Leclerc will take more points off Vettel than Gasly will off hmm. Verstappen, and that that you know could. That helps Verstappen, doesn't yeah, it? Although, yeah. as you say, he's a bit erratic. He might not finish the odd race. But then yeah. the same could happen to Lewis. You just don't yeah. know what could happen in the season. It's but... tough, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I've got Hamilton to win. I think I, th- I yeah. think he was on another level last season. And, you know, providing Mercedes give him at least a race-winning car, I think uh, Hamilton will, will, will just about win it this year I think Vettel has got a point to prove so I think he will win a few certainly in the early stage of this of the season um, and as I said I think Verstappen will will win Grand Prix and I think it might actually be a bit closer this year uh, we might get to we might get to USA this year before uh, the championships won because USA and Mexico have swapped uh, position in the calendar that's the only change for the calendar this year that they've swapped around but um, yeah, I think Hamilton first, Vettel second, just Verstappen third, simply because of reliability slash drive error with uh, Verstappen. But um, yeah, there you have it. Then our 2019 F1 drivers and constructors championship uh, predictions. And uh, as we've said, it's going to be a very exciting season. And talking about it today, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of interesting battles in there. We're going to have an accumulator on. Uh, for all the the teammate battles, um, and you know we we might win some money out of it. Um, I think it already ends up being what something like one hundred and sixty. Yeah, one hundred and sixty. So yeah, it's not that much really. Uh, you know, considering you can you can put two horses in and and get better odds than that at Cheltenham this week. Horses, but but yeah. anyway, um, obviously the Australian Grand Prix starts. Uh, properly on Saturday, we all know it does even though Toby will be up in the early hours watching FP, I'm sure um, but uh, yeah uh, I think it's 6am 6, 6 in the UK um, that, that qualifying actually starts, not build ups or anything, and then it'll yeah. be 7am 7, 7 for the race, it's always an hour later uh, you are? 10 past 5, the race what, in the uh, is it uh, is it now or before this year? Okay. Yeah, ten past five. Yeah, so so that'd be an interesting get up at half three. Hmm. But I thought last just, year it was uh, an hour later, but I'll end up watching it. But it's definitely ten past five this year. But right. um, I think we're planning to do, if we can, um, a review of the Grand Prix. So make sure to stick around yeah. for that as well. Obviously, if you're on Spotify or any streaming platform, the podcast will be up ASAP, as will this one. And I hope that you guys over there enjoy it. But if you're not watching live, come along. You know, follow us on Twitter, Captain Goodspeed or Toby Jones Twenty Two, and we'll tweet whenever we're doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I definitely recommend coming along live, having a listen, having a watch, having a debate with other people in the podcast. chat. We've had plenty of debate in the chat uh, tonight. So yeah, um, and I think that the F. I think to round up tonight, it's gonna be a very interesting season, and it mm-hmm. all starts on Friday. 
it does all start on Friday. So, uh, yeah, as Toby alluded to there, there will be a Tuesday Night Live extra, um, which is a new thing for this season of the podcast. Where you know we're not just going to do it on a Tuesday this year. Um, and it will be a, a race review of the Australian Grand Prix. It'll probably be Monday night um, or Monday afternoon, something like that. It's not necessarily going to be on the night time. Um, but we will be reviewing that first Grand Prix uh, and, and obviously discussing Lando Norris's monumental victory and what that means for McLaren uh, in the, the rest of the season. But we really do hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. And if you're on YouTube, then make sure you leave a like uh, on it and, and let us know down in the comments if you're watching it as a as a post um, stream video, uh, what you think and what your driver predictions are, uh, you know, for for the the, the season and, and stuff like that. So uh, I've really enjoyed that. We will be uh, doing this regularly, um, not next Tuesday, but uh, you know, we'll we'll be back in the in the near future at least. We'll be doing this regularly, but not next week. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, not not weekly, but regularly. I think is yeah, is is yeah. what our plan is with the podcast. Now we we don't want to talk about something for the sake of it. We want to talk about stuff we're passionate about, and that is but exactly what. We'll get involved in the in the ordinary channels yeah. and your friends of podcast. Yeah, Plus exactly. The fact we will put the live event on a few hours before, yeah. just so you guys know that the live event is on. But of course, yeah. we've said it before. We'll say it again. If you can't make the live event. There's the option to watch it on YouTube later. There's the there's the option to go on Spotify yeah. or any big streaming service. Oh, just just type and, in Tuesday Night Live, yeah. Yeah, and whack it in your headphones on the way to work or school. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that um, maybe an hour and a half might be a little bit long on the way to work. <laughs> but some of you have long commutes, so yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, thank you very much to my co-host Toby to, for spending so much time with us this evening. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have no technical issues next week. But uh, no, uh, really enjoyed that, and hopefully you guys did too. And we will see you on Monday for the Australian Grand Prix 2019 review. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the race. It's back, everyone. Goodbye, Thanks, folks. <laughs>